Hey, it's Anita and this is the Anita Posh Show. Hello everybody and welcome to the Anita Posh Show, where it is my pleasure to keep you up to date with topics around Bitcoin on a global stage and the local impact it has on people like you and me. My guest today is Jonathan Chester. Jonathan is the CEO and founder of Bitwage, a company that enables employees and remote workers all around the world to earn their salaries in Bitcoin. As always, you can watch this interview on YouTube. If you're on YouTube now, please subscribe to my channel. You can also listen to it on the go in your favorite podcast player. And please subscribe to my podcast feed too. And now, as always, a short word from my sponsors and then on to the show. Enjoy! Local Bitcoins is an easy, fast and safe way to buy and sell Bitcoin directly from person to person. Join Local Bitcoins to bring Bitcoin everywhere and secure your financial freedom. Many people worry about the right storage for their Bitcoin. And yes, holding them isn't always easy. Smartphones get lost, hard drives can crash, and online wallets get hacked frequently. The safest way of storing cryptocurrencies long-term is offline in a physical way. That's why Coinfinity developed the Card Wallet, the professional and easy cold storage solution. The Card Wallet supports various security features such as high-quality materials and tamper-proof features which prevent the manipulation of the card and make it a safe place for your beloved coins. Get yourself a Card Wallet now. You will get 20% off if you order at cardwallet.com anita. That's cardwallet.com anita. Do you want to stay up to date with the things that happen in Bitcoin from my point of view? Then subscribe to Anita's Weekly, my newsletter with articles, videos, quotes, short tips on how to use Bitcoin and all that for free. Subscribe to Anita's Weekly at anita.link weekly. Hello and welcome, Jonathan Chester. Happy to have you on my show. Yeah, happy to be here. Glad that uh, we made it. We had a little difficulties uh, in um, doing the arrangements, but you're here and that's great. So, um, Jonathan, I found a funny tweet. I found uh, Peter Schiff uh, saying that Sequoia Holdings, a investment company, I guess, isn't paying its employees in Bitcoin. It's just a bunch of hype to falsely portray Bitcoin as money to sucker, to sucker in buyers. Sequoia is offering to buy Bitcoin for its employees using part of their dollar salaries instead of the employees buying Bitcoin themselves. And somebody in your department then wrote, we beg to disagree, Peter. We helped out Sequoia Holdings with this deal. <laughs> What happened here? Yeah, well, Sequoia is a, is a customer of ours. Um, and I mean, it's, it's pretty simple. They're just making it easy for their employees to get a portion of their wage in Bitcoin. There's nothing, there's nothing complicated or sinister about it. In fact, I think it's the opposite, right? They're, they're giving their employees the opportunity to, to, to get their wages in a, in a, in a currency that, that whose value uh, goes up over time instead of down, right? So if, if you wanted to get paid, you know, I guess let's say $20 an hour, 
uh, and your company and, and, you know, you can't increase the wages, allowing people to get paid a part of their wage in Bitcoin is, is almost a way to do that. Right. So. Yeah. But, uh, Peter Schiff just uh, took the chance and wanted to say something bad about Bitcoin again. And then uh, you told him, no, no, it's not true. I mean, it works that way. Yeah, of course. I mean, he, 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 some, he likes to be a troll when it comes to the Bitcoin world, right? Um, I think he... Exactly. And that's wh why I, I like that answer so much. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he, he's, stu he's stuck in, in his old ways. You know, he's, he's I guess... Uh, yeah. Too, too traditional for um, yeah for what we're doing here. I mean, you know, even uh, even Warren Buffett, you know, doesn't doesn't understand this stuff. You know, yeah, I think I don't know why because I mean I think those guys are very intelligent, but maybe they just can't um, uh, wrap their head around uh, the possibilities and the technology and all those stuff. And maybe even they don't want to. I mean. And on the other hand, you know, Warren Buffett is so clever to say nothing. <laughs> yeah. But Peter Schiff is making a fool of himself all the time. Yeah. But, but anyhow. I was going to say, it's like all those people who, who, who were trying to short Bitcoin, you know, when, when the price of Bitcoin was $12,000, right? And, they, and some of them are still left holding the bags uh, to this day. <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's uh, circle back, back a little bit. Um, and please, uh, let's start this interview with an introduction. Please tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, my name is Jonathan Chester. I am the CEO and co-founder of Bitwage. Uh, I started Bitwage back in 2014. Uh, before that, I was working at, at Oracle. I was doing sales there. My co-founder was uh, from the technical side there. And at the time, we were crazy Bitcoin people. Uh, I think he, he got into it trying to, to learn how to mine uh, maybe a couple years earlier. I got into it because I was just so bored at my job at Oracle. I, I, I spent all my time looking at new technologies coming out and Bitcoin crossed my desk. I looked at it and it really touched on uh, some really interesting points, banking the unbanked, better banking systems, we're talking about cross-border payments there, uh, and being your own bank and having financial sovereignty, right? These three items got me interested to go down the rabbit hole, came out an obsessed Bitcoin guy. And so I was connected with the only other obsessed Bitcoin guy at Oracle, at least within my circle of knowledge. And uh, we started thinking about, okay, what, what needs to exist in the world of Bitcoin Uh, in order for it to exist inside of its own ecosystem. And what we saw was there were exchanges, there were wallets, there were even merchant processors. But when people were getting Bitcoin and were spending Bitcoin and eventually at the merchant level, there was no way for those merchants to actually spend that Bitcoin back and create a, a closed loop. Um, they would actually have to uh, convert it back into local currency. So we wanted to solve that issue. Close the loop, allow merchants to be able to spend that Bitcoin and pay their employees in Bitcoin. And that was the, the genesis of, of Bitwage. That was back in 2014. You know, uh, I think you have to be a little bit crazy to think that people wanted to get paid in Bitcoin back in 2014. But it's been a great strategy for me and all of our customers who've been doing it since 2014. 
since then we've we've changed the model a bit. Companies don't have to fund with Bitcoin; they can fund with local currency, dollars, euros, pounds, um, and workers can actually even sign up without their employers. So the way that works is you get like a direct deposit function, and you can give that to any employer. So we get people who get paid from like the IRS, people who get paid from uh, like Facebook and Uber, and and we even had people getting their stimulus checks through us. So that was that's pretty fun. <laughs> yeah, um, let's get back to Bitcoin. The basic basics of Bitcoin. I mean, 2013 is really very early that you founded that company, and um, how many people have signed up back then to your service? Back then, well. We, we, we have about 50,000 people who've signed up and about 2,000 companies uh, on our platform. Mm -hmm. I think back then it was a little bit slower. Um, we our, our first big break is when we launched our worker product, the direct deposit product. Because when we were doing the company product, it was, it was really very hard to, 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 to bring anyone on board. We, we, we did work with some small Bitcoin companies that don't exist anymore. Um, but... Uh, But uh, what really caught people's eyes was this direct deposit product. We launched that um, towards the end of 2014, and it got a lot of interest on uh, Y Combinator's Hacker News platform. And, you know, hundreds of people signed up from that from that one post. And then since then, we've just been iterating. And it, it was mm -hmm. pretty interesting, right? Because before 2017... There are two, two kind of things happening. One is that like Bitcoin was a dirty word. You couldn't even say that. If you were to talk to an HR department about Bitcoin, they would, they would you know, boo, boo you out of the room. And so, uh, but there were lots of people who wanted to get their wages in Bitcoin. So that, that, for, that direct deposit product was really popular uh, for us until about 2017. And then after that, after 2017, Bitcoin became cool, right? Uh, and, and, it, and, it, and it never went from cool to like, you know, despised after that. And so that's when we start seeing companies get on board. And really within the past year, we've seen a, 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 a huge increase of interest on the company side. So now it's about 50% company driven, 50% worker driven. Uh, whereas back before 2017, it was maybe 90% worker driven, uh, which is, you know, okay. fun stuff. Understand. And And I mean, how is this working? If a company decides to pay their employees in parts in Bitcoin, um, do they have to deal with Bitcoin in any way or are you doing all of that? And for them, it's just a expense in fiat. Yeah. For, so th if they want to, they can use crypto. Um, they can use Bitcoin, uh, but they don't have to. Uh, most companies are not using Bitcoin with us. Um, instead, What they do is they just give us, you know, a wire transfer or an ACH, and then the workers choose how they want to get that paid out. Um, so a worker can choose any percentage of their wage in Bitcoin, uh, in dollars, in stable coins, some other, or other crypto. Um, and it, we we remove pretty much all the work from the administrator. They literally don't need to know a thing about about Bitcoin, about cryptocurrency, about wallets. It's it's mm -hmm. really simple and easy for them to do. Yeah, because I think that's the main reason why many companies don't pay wages in Bitcoin or in crypto uh, themselves, because it's from the accounting side, a completely new thing for them. They would have to change so much. Um, I, I also 
um, see that in my own like uh, small business, you know, when I get sponsors, uh, sponsorships, sponsorship, ships, <laughs> when I get sponsorships from companies, um, it's mostly the smaller Bitcoin companies that say, okay, we can also pay you in Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. Um, but other companies, it's really difficult. They, the bigger ones sometimes they just say, no, we don't uh, do that yet. Yeah. So, so I guess also for employees, it's a great way to split your income and do in a way, um, auto DCAing, you know, like, uh, every month you have a fixed part of your income, um, that you can't spend on other things then, um, is it actually possible for me if I would be an employee to use your service and my uh, employer, my company does not um, see that because it's also a, a privacy thing and maybe some companies would not want that? Yeah. So so there's two parts to that question. One is that uh, the companies never actually see um, your outputs. So even if the company is offering it, they won't know which Bitcoin address you're sending to. And you're able to change those Bitcoin addresses as much as you want. We, you can add up to 100 uh, Bitcoin addresses that get, um, that get rotated through um, until the end. So that, you know, these are some privacy features to help, you know, to help our, our users remain private because people don't want to get this you know, Bitcoin to the same address every single time. Um, additionally, your company doesn't have to sign up, right? You can do it without your company knowing at all that you're using Bitwage. You sign up, you actually can get like a voided check um, or you can generate a, a, an invoice um, and you just send that to your client, uh, send that to your employer, and then they just they just pay into the account. And, and you can choose whatever percentage you want to be in, in dollars, Bitcoin, euros, pounds, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I can change that also. So on a monthly basis, I can say now I want to have more percent in Bitcoin or less. Yes. So, yes, okay. so there's there's two levels to this. So in the United States, you can have a percentage um, split at the payroll provider level. So you can say I, w- I want thirty percent to go to you know my Bitcoin account on Bitwage, and I want seventy percent into my dollar account, and then. That 30% will come to us and you can further on our system say, I want 100% Bitcoin this this week. Next month, I want only 50% Bitcoin and 50% dollars. So you can change mm-hmm. the percentage on our system between payrolls. You can change your wallets. You can change the currencies, you know, it, as, as long as it's before we receive the money of your payroll. If you're doing it at the payroll provider level above us, um, you can't change that quite as often. Uh, because um, the systems are just not typically that flexible. Um, at best, when you make a change, it'll happen after a full payroll cycle uh, on those systems. At worst, it, it can take longer for that to happen. Um, so, But yeah, you have total flexibility to go up and down on our system or with the payroll providers. Mm-hmm. Okay. And if I'm an individual, do I have to KYC with you or not? It depends on how you're signing up. So if you sign up uh-huh. where the company doesn't sign up, right, you're getting access to a voided check bank account, and then you can give that to, to, to any company to pay you. So in order to get access to that, yes, we have to do KYC on you. If you are signing up 
because your company signed up and they're inviting you, you know, we do, we do need to know um, things like wh where you are based, but the level of KYC is, is much lower. There's not an approval process per se. Um, it, we, because we've done the KYC on your company, um, that mm -hmm. we don't, we don't have to go as deep on you as an individual. Mm -hmm. Regarding your sign-up or onboarding process for individuals, I have a feedback from a user uh, of yours. He's a listener of my podcast, and uh, he told me the first thing I shall say to you is thank you. <laughs> he believes he is he believes he is the uh, best paid employee in Austria because <laughs> he's doing he's using Bitwage since a few years, I think. Oh, nice! And so he thank you for that. <laughs> And, um, he also said he just yesterday, um, introduced a friend uh, of his to Bitwage. And mm. he said he thinks that the onboarding process is not so easy mm. and was asking if you maybe, um, are doing usability tests or stuff like that, um, to, to, to make it more easy. Yeah. Yeah. We, we recognize that, that it's not the easiest process in the world. Um, but mm -hmm. we are, in the middle of a, a major, major upgrade to our system. Um, that'll, it'll, it'll happen sometime this year for it to go live. It's actually in an, in an alpha right now. So, so we may be bringing on some beta customers soon. Um, so yeah, that, that solution should be solved, uh, by the end of the year or that problem should be solved by the end of the year. Okay, great to hear. And his second question was, um, do you have an affiliate program? <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's not advertised on our website, but we, we do work with affiliates and, and uh, we're, we're happy to, to do custom things for people. Um, there's also just a regular referral program on our website as well. Um, so, Oh, well, maybe he just didn't find it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's part of the, the things that we're, we're, we're making better is just on your dashboard. It's just going to be there. Easy to see. Okay. Understand. Great to hear. And, um, as I've seen, you've also another service, um, that, um, how is this called in America? I'm, I'm a European, you know, I'm not uh, familiar with those 401k retirement plans, but I guess it has something to do with, uh, um, saving money for your retirement, but I have a lot of listeners from the U S can you maybe explain what you're doing here? Yeah, so so a 401k um, is sort of the traditional way that people think about investing through their paycheck. So getting a portion of your Bitcoin is almost like, you know, having a Bitcoin 401k, right, in terms of investing. Well, we actually now have an actual Bitcoin 401k. And the big difference between the two is in one, you're getting money directly to your wallet so you can spend it, but you don't get any tax incentive, uh, tax savings. The 401k is a tax savings account for your retirement. And you can have two different kinds of 401ks. You can have a traditional 401k, which means that you're investing with pre-tax dollars. And then you can do trades in the account. All the taxes are deferred. And then when you withdraw in the future, all your withdrawals at when you retire are just taxed at that, at that income bracket. The theory being that you'll be at a lower income bracket at that point. Um, secondly, uh, secondly, the, uh, the other kind of 401k that you can do is a Roth 401k. And this is pretty cool, especially for something like Bitcoin that's going to have lots of gains. You do pay taxes going into it, but you do not pay taxes upon the withdrawal. 
So let's say you were putting your paycheck in Bitcoin and, you know, today it's what, 60K. Maybe when you retire, Bitcoin's going to be a million dollars and you'll pay literally huh. zero taxes on, on, on all those gains when you, when you retire. Um, so I think that's, that's really cool. And, you know, you don't have to stay in Bitcoin. You can sell the Bitcoin for dollars inside the 401k and then switch to another asset. So you don't have to if you don't want to be forever. Of course, for me, it's, it's going to be until I retire. But, um, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's how it works. But, I mean, it sounds like somebody is holding the Bitcoin yeah, in so this 401k. So, so in this, so, so, so. For, for most of our service, we don't have a custody solution. So you put in your keys or we can sort of recommend a, 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 a wallet for you to, to find for people who are new, but we don't custody anything. With this, um, there is a, a, a custodian of the retirement funds. So that is one requirement uh, for this so that it can be compliant with Department of Labor and uh, IRS regulation. Um, but uh, there, there are basically two different custodians, depending on whether it's a, uh, uh, a corporate 401k or a solo 401k. And they're, you know, mm -hmm. they're household names in this case. And, and, okay, so are you also working with pension funds? So do you know if pension funds already also invest in Bitcoin, other our, pension funds? Our system has the flexibility to work with pension funds. Uh, we don't currently have any pension fund clients. We, I, I actually just um, sort of confirmed about that now. Um, not now, last week, uh, that, that it can work with pension funds. So yes, we can work with pension funds with our technology. Um, it, is, it is worth noting that the system is in, is in beta. Um, And uh, we're, we're hoping to get that particular product out of beta by the end of the year. Mm -hmm. Cool. Um, let's get back a little bit to the basics. So why even um, should people use Bitcoin? I mean, why should they save in Bitcoin? I mean, I mean, the question today with all the pandemic and the money printing is uh, quite clear, but um, what I, what's your take on that? I mean, the US dollar, um, is not so stable anymore as it has been. What do you think, um, uh, is the situation now and how is it going to evolve in the coming years? Uh, I, I think that if we just look at the US dollar today, uh, we're missing some of the bigger story. We're missing, uh, you know, what's been happening in the past. Because this is not the first time that Bitcoin has, has responded to instability of, um, fiat currencies. And what we can do, we can zoom out. We can look at, you know, the first bubble where I joined was when Bitcoin shot up from $200 to $1,000. And at that time, um, Europe was having a financial crisis. There were like these bail-ins happening in, in Cyprus. Uh, and, and Greece was having all these troubles and there, you know, there was a lot of conversation about how that contributed to the price rising from 200 to a thousand. We look at, uh, around the 2017 bubble. I like to think that that bubble began in 2016, uh, when the price started to, 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 to reach the thousand dollar levels again. And we started to see that growth when China was having stock market problems. 
Um, I think it was uh, at the in the beginning of 2016 that chi the Chinese stock market was having issues, the GDP was slowing down, and we we saw sort of a correlated rise. Then from there until 2017, we saw things like the Indian uh, uh, demonetization of its two largest cash bills in that largely cash-based society. The price of Bitcoin actually grew 40% locally compared to the global rates, um, which was which was very, you know, which was huge. Later on, in uh, towards the end of 2017 and 20, into 2018, the Brazilian uh, president got removed from office for corruption. And a similar thing happened. The price of Bitcoin to Brazilian real increased 20, 30, 40 percent compared to the global rates. Um, you can also see you can also see right now today what's happening. Um, of course, we can point to the dollar um, and all this money being printed. I think last year, 25 percent of all the U.S. dollars in, uh, in circulation were printed. Right. Um, and we saw that that inflation was maybe not necessarily hitting uh, the prices of, uh, you know, food directly. But we saw that assets were increasing. We saw that housing was increasing, that the stock market was increasing. Right. All, all while people are losing jobs left and right. So really inflation here is making it so that your ability to buy hard assets uh, is going down. And that's why people start to move to Bitcoin. That, and we, we've seen this history. So I, 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 I actually believe very strongly that, that Bitcoin is a hedge against global inflation and global fiat instability. Uh, I don't necessarily see, um, Bitcoin just coming up and taking over the dollar. I see that the dollar will displace itself at some point. And then once it does, the question is, what replaces that? Uh, I think that the Chinese yuan is heavily manipulated, so people may not want to do that. You have the euro, but sometimes there's a little bit of instability as to whether the euro will continue to be around. Um, and so if you take these things into consideration, um, Bitcoin has a real fighting chance of being this world reserve currency after the dollar is no longer there. Um, that's, that's Maybe, how I yeah, because, because it's a neutral money. Yeah. But on the other hand, I, I think that, uh, nation states will try as long as they can to maintain a, their own currencies, oh. be it, call it euro or something else. But, um, I think it will be in parallel for a long time, I guess. Yeah, those I, I don't actually see the the, the fiat currencies going away. Um, I'm just talking about mm -hmm. from a world reserve currency because you know all, all the fiat currencies are inflationary, right? So they're great they're great for spending. Um, they're easy to spend, but uh, they're not good for storing your wealth. Bitcoin is is going to be the best uh, store of wealth th that we have, and it's going to be the most liquid store of wealth that we have. You know, we're going to get to a point where Bitcoin, instead of being this volatile thing, it's just this sort of stable thing that's got a, maybe a slow, constant growth rate growing at the rate of average global inflation. And uh, when that happens, it's just going to be natural for people to want to have their savings accounts 
be, if not all Bitcoin, a percentage Bitcoin. And how do you put money into your savings account? You do it through a direct deposit of your paycheck. And that's that's where it's going to be in the future. Everyone's going to be getting a part of their wage in Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. You first uh, mentioned uh, the unbanked and mm -hmm. underbanked, uh, mm -hmm. that Bitcoin is a chance for them. But basically, at the moment, your uh, product would not help unbanked people. Or is there any way to to um, use it for them too? Oh, you, you do not need a bank account for our system. Um, you can just come up and and have a, a Bitcoin wallet. No Bitcoin, no bank account needed. Mm -hmm. That's a big difference between us and an exchange because an exchange requires you to have a bank account. And we've actually okay, but but you. On mm -hmm. banks themselves through us. <laughs> But they get a bank account from you. Well, so, did I understand right? Yeah. So, so they have a, an account that can receive dollars into it provided by us. It's true. It's true. But they don't mm -hmm. need to have a bank account prior to that. Understand. But they need to have an ID. They have to be KYC'd. They do have to have an ID and BKYC. Um, unless the company is paying them. If the company signs up and is paying mm -hmm. the worker, um, we don't, uh, require an ID in most cases. Mm. What are your other favorite use cases for Bitcoin? Why do you think it is so important? Yeah. Well, so one of our big use cases is actually cross border as well. Um, so in the U.S., people mostly get part of their wage in Bitcoin, but we get people in like Argentina, in Brazil, in India who are using us to get um, all of their wage through us. Um, and they're doing it so that they can get their money faster and cheaper than a traditional wire can. So they come on, they choose either Bitcoin or their local currency and um, and they leverage our platform. They get 100% of their wage in this thing. Sometimes they sell it immediately um, so that they can just get some gains um, in their in their account. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I'd say that about half of our platform is is this international case. Mm -hmm. I find 50,000 uh, users quite impressive because it's on a monthly basis and on a regular basis. Yeah, so so uh, our churn is is actually pretty lit, pretty pretty small. Um, mm -hmm. Most people are using us for once they start using us, either either they they use it for a couple pay periods and then they they decide they don't want to, or they use it for years. There's kind of not like this intermediate inter intermediary step. So people are getting their paychecks every month or two times a month through the system. They're just doing it for years, and the people that stick around are you know. Are just the better off for it, you know. The best, the best thing here is that, you know, because you're 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 doing it in small intervals, you're you're always buying the dip, right? Uh, and that's a it's always a great thing in the long term. Mm -hmm. And what are your plans for your platform in the coming years? I mean, I, in how many countries are you operating at the moment, and what is your plan for the future? So we can we can pay out in most countries. Uh, we have we have workers in over 90 countries that are getting paid out. Um, 
we don't necessarily have local currencies in every single one of the countries, but you can absolutely get Bitcoin or stablecoin or whatever. As long as you're receiving money from a U.S. client, a European client, a U.K. client, a Canadian client um, or employer. Right. Um, so uh, we, we already work in, in, in quite a global context. Um, I think that that where I'm really excited for my ne- for our next steps um, is this 401k bit. I mean, there's a lot every every week we're getting interest uh, from from companies for this, um, and uh, I think that once once we go from beta to live, it's uh, it's going to be very cool to to see what happens there. And now a short break for the fact of the week. Presented by Local Bitcoins. Bitcoin transactions can't be reversed. Once the funds have been sent to a different Bitcoin address, you can't get your money back. This is the trade-off of being in control of your own finances. Bitcoin's non-reversible aspect means that you always have to check the payment details carefully before you are sending a Bitcoin transaction. For merchants accepting Bitcoin, this aspect of irreversibility is a blessing. As soon as the Bitcoin payment is made, the merchant can fulfill the order without having to worry about a refund or chargeback. Bitcoin transactions are settled much faster than traditional methods of payment, which in the long run benefits both the buyer and the seller. Thanks to local Bitcoins for the fact of the week. I can imagine maybe you also have to go to Michael Saylor and say thank you <laughs> for yeah. instructing all those companies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. My, my, Michael Saylor is great. You can't, uh, you can't, you can't uh, dislike the Giga Chad. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, he he educated a lot of uh, companies and um, CEOs about Bitcoin, and I think they all are flocking in now, huh? Yep. Yep. I mean, I yeah. think that. Uh, I mean, I think that even without even without Michael Saylor, companies have been interested in in this. I mean, now when we talk to HR professionals, you know, if, if they're innovative and benefits, they're they're they are now thinking about this, whereas three years ago they were. Mm-hmm. They now also want Bitcoin for themselves. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> okay, that's great. So, and um, for the whole bitcoin space or for the network um or let's let's call it bitcoin adoption um what do you think um what is the future going to be like for bitcoin adoption i mean you know we're still very early right now um i think that 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 we won't be early once bitcoin is uh maybe a little bit stable closer to gold to market cap that's maybe when we've been more a more mature thing so how do we get from here to there um i've always sort of thought that there were two main barriers to entry to bitcoin right one is the volatility some people love it some people hate it and the other is public private key cryptography um which is you know how do you deal with this how do you how do you save your how do you how do you send and receive money securely how do you store your money securely right um so these are the two pieces that 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 really need to be unlocked for, for, uh, for mass adoption. And one thing that I actually think is kind of interesting is, uh, is that I actually think that stable coins are going to be a stepping stone here. And the reason is because, um, it sort of forces people to learn about public private key cryptography. Um, 
without needing to learn about how to deal with the volatility. And that just ends up being a Trojan horse, right? Because at some point, you're going to learn how to use public-private key cryptography, and you're going to realize that the stable coins are not as stable as, as you thought they were. And so the switch from stable coins to Bitcoin just becomes a click of a button, and it's, it's super easy. Um, so I, I think that that's, that's how, what we're going to do and what we're going to see. And then, uh, you know, at that point, then everyone is going to be getting, you know, part of their wage in Bitcoin. Yeah. And as when I interpret that, uh, the right way, and I think I do, you said you, you, uh, recommend, uh, Bitcoin wallets to the people. And so they, uh, hold, they self custody their Bitcoin then. And I guess, um, I mean, what's your philosophy on self-sovereignty? I mean, there are those steps to financial freedom in a way, you know, when you use, you join, um, or you are interested in Bitcoin, then you buy your first Bitcoin on an exchange and have it in a, a custodial wallet. And then you learn more. And finally, hopefully you, um, install your own non-custodial wallet and, and use your own keys. Are you encouraging people to do that? And why, what are the different reasons? Why do you think that self custody is important? Sure. I mean, you know, I think that if you're really a brand new user, um, just buying Bitcoin is a first step. Um, there's no reason to, you know, have to deal with all the confusing public private key stuff. But once you're in it, once you've held it, once you, you want to really store it for, for long term, that's when I think it's more important to, to do non-custodial wallets. People add non-custodial or custodial wallets to our system. Um, but, you know, the benefit of, of mm -hmm. being your own bank, I think that, you know, there, there, are, there are some simple things to think about. I mentioned the Cyprus bail-ins that were happening, right? Because you held your money in the bank, the government was able to basically freeze everyone's accounts and take money out of it, out of everyone who had money in bank accounts as a way to sort of bail in banks, By, by removing balances from people's bank accounts and using it to keep the banks afloat. That can't happen when you hold your own money, right? You, you, no one can, can just take your money from you in that way. Uh, you also have total access to your money all the time. If, uh, you know, a website, a custodial website goes down, uh, you, because, you know, the, Price of Bitcoin is so high that so many people are trading. The website goes down. Turns out you need money for rent or you need money to eat lunch that day. You're not going to have access to it. Right. And then, of course, there's the there's sort of the risk component, which is, you know, if you give someone else the money, you're risking that they lose it. And there's different ways that they can lose it. They can get hacked. They can they can use your money in a way that's risky. Right. You, you put your money on like a yield system. Right. And you, you think you're just getting money for free, but really these guys are taking your money and they're making loans, right? And, you know, they, they're taking, they're doing riskier loans than a bank would do. And even banks go out of business for doing bad loans. So, um, so, you know, the, these systems can all lose your money in one way or another and there's 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 risks to that so you're removing the, the third party risk you know that you will have your money uh when you want it when you need it uh and no one can take that away from you or stop you from transacting 
Um, and, uh, you know, I think that that's going to be an important step to um, having the freedom to choose your governments, right? I think that at, at some point in the future, um, you uh, there's going to be competition between governments for having you being domiciled there. I mean, there already is, but it'll be more extreme because people can move easier, can live, can work remotely, right? Um, and if your money yeah. is sort of stuck in a bank account in like the U.S., um, it's just going to be harder to get the money out if there's more competition for that for for that money and that do- for for you to be domiciled. And that will will come, yeah. Uh, yeah. This competition and also that your nation state does not want to let you go and your money even more. Yeah, yeah. I mean. It's, it's very difficult at the moment or in the current situation already to move your money. And with Bitcoin, it's much easier because you only need to know 24 English words and that's everything. Yeah. yeah so, sure. I mean, that's, I think that's one of the coolest things in Bitcoin that you only need to know these words. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it's wild. Yeah. So. Jonathan, there's a saying that says, you don't change Bitcoin, Bitcoin changes you. How did uh, your Bitcoin journey change you, if it did? Sure. I mean, I'd say that my understanding of how money works um, has completely changed after, uh, after learning about Bitcoin. Because I, you know, you sort of, you come in... Uh, with some of these high-level things around banking, bank efficiency, you know, maybe some uh, banking the unbanked, maybe maybe some things about being self-sovereign, but but you really takes going down the rabbit hole to understand like what what it means to be self-sovereign and why it's valuable, especially as someone from the U.S. Right? If you're like from Argentina or Venezuela or you know maybe like Nigeria or something, you have a much better understanding of of what it means to be self-sovereign with your money and why that's valuable versus in the U S you know, we, we've been, we've been blessed to have a good financial system, you know, relatively right. Uh, that we don't need to worry about these things, but it, it may not always be that way. And, you know, learning about Bitcoin has sort of opened my eyes to understanding that we have to, we have to have a hedge against that. Mm-hmm. And um, one of my last questions is, um, what do you think do most people overlook when they talk about Bitcoin? What do people overlook when they talk about Bitcoin? Or what's missing in the public discourse about it? That's a good question. Let me let me think about it. Um, I think that that the most um, the most uh, sort of annoying objection, in my opinion, is uh, uh, when people talk about um, energy being wasted. Um, <laughs> so there's sort of this, there's two parts to this. Um, one is, but, but one point that I don't think is talked about that often is some people think that like the amount of energy being used is directly correlated to the number of transactions per second, that you need to spend this much money to do these these little numbers of transactions per second, which is a, a complete misunderstanding that 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 
um, the energy being used is actually a security mechanism, which is you, you basically have to do more than 51% of all of the energy being used in order to try to break the network for, you know, maybe a few blocks, right? And uh, that's a, that's a, 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 actually, it's a huge competitive advantage because how, proof of work is the most secure system for, for um, securing a blockchain. And Bitcoin has the, the most securing it, which means it, it can move the most amount of money securely, uh, which makes it the best platform for money. So actually, the, the, the energy is a good thing. And so some people say, oh, but, you know, that it's polluting. But, but energy itself doesn't have to be polluting, right? We are moving towards green energy. Um, and so the usage of energy then does not correlate to pollution necessarily, especially for Bitcoin. And, and Bitcoin has uh, incentives built in that are more suited for renewable energy, right? Because renewable energy has such a low marginal cost to it um, that it makes the mining of Bitcoin more profitable. So what everyone is talking about is how uh, all the miners are going to increasingly be moving to renewable energy. Some people quote like 70%. I don't really know how they get that statistic personally, um, but but uh, the, the foundations uh, are built such that it will move to renewable energy in the long term. Um, and, and so, you know, uh, I think that that's not, it's not as big of a problem as, as people make it out to be. Yeah, I was talking with a miner who's uh, mining with hydropower in the Ukraine and in Kazakhstan and in Africa and all around the world. And he said the same, basically. So um, that all miners will go where the cheapest energy is and renewable energy like hydropower or solar power is much cheaper because you don't have to pay for the raw material and the, the hydropower stations they use, they all have excess energy to sell and they take it and so basically they are the the buyers of last resort so they are basically subsidizing uh renewable energy yeah so okay jonathan thank you very much anything um you want to say that we missed in this conversation um i guess just uh if you want to check out bitwage and get your wage, your salaries, your invoices in Bitcoin, or you want to offer it as a benefit, either as payroll or 401k, you can go to www.bitwage.com. Follow us at Bitwage on Twitter. Follow myself at John Chest on Twitter uh, or uh, at Jonathan Chester on Clubhouse. I am doing a Bitcoin for Business Clubhouse room every other week on Thursdays. Okay, great. Thanks. Because that has, would have been my last question. Um, I will put all the infos in the show notes to this yep. episode on my website. Um, thank you very much, Jonathan. And I hope maybe one day we can meet in, re in, in real life again, sure. uh, at a conference or something like that. And maybe we hear us again another time. Yeah. Love that. Thanks, Anita. Bye. Thanks. Thanks so much for joining the Anita Posh Show today to learn more about Bitcoin. 
You can find the show notes for this conversation on anita.link slash show. If you want to get the best stories in Bitcoin from my point of view in your mailbox, go to anita.link slash weekly and subscribe. And if you have a question or just want to send me some feedback, drop me a line at hello at anitaposch.com. See you next week when it's time for the Anita Posh Show. Music, start with yes, delicate beats. Content, idea and production, Anita Posh. <laughs>